0: I'm going to be very brief this morning because we've already had quite a lot of things that have been shared. And I think it's been excellent to have that kind of uh, flow. Um, 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1. It's the verse that Fiona had at the start. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Just a few photographs to look at. Um, If you can uh, put the first one on, Joe. Uh, sorry Caleb now this is a, a picture of a gymnasium and in 1 Timothy 4 7 Timothy says train yourself to be godly train yourself now spiritual gifts we need to train ourselves in using spiritual gifts now it's no point having a gym card like this if you don't go I know loads of people. John Sweeney is not one, but he knows the same people as I do because we go to the same gym. Loads of people, they've got a gym card. And you look at them and think, well, I don't think you go to the gym very often because you're getting bigger, not smaller. And your muscle mass is getting lower, not bigger. And uh, I say that because when Timothy says, train yourself to be godly, or Paul says to Timothy, train yourself to be godly, 1 Timothy 4, 7. The word there, train, is gymnasio. It means to train, to be in a gymnasium. It's got a gymnasium in mind. And spiritual gifts, it's great to have the gifts, but we've got to use them and practice them and actually use them regularly, privately, at home, in the church. So I would encourage us to marry belief and behavior. There's no point just having a gym card, we've got to get there and use it. It's great having the gifts, but we use them, and we need to use them, not just in public meetings like this, but in life. This is two hours at most that we're here. Uh, The other 166 hours of the week, God doesn't just suddenly say, I'm only interested in a sort of gift card on a Sunday morning. It's all and any time, any place, spiritual gifts. That's the first one. I've got to be very quick. So next one, this is my dartboard of... Commitment, and I wish I could throw the arrows like Phil the Power. Those of you know who Phil the Power Taylor is, great darts player. Um, You don't have four normally; you have three. But the bullseye—that is right at the centre of the dartboard. And if we're using spiritual gifts, we need to be thoroughly committed to the Lord and one another in love. If you can imagine that bullseye is a heart shape rather than a circle. Because the gifts are used in love. Outside love is illegitimate. You know, we could come with tongues, we could come with faith and prophecy and everything else, but if we don't have love, we gain nothing. It says that later on in 1 Corinthians 13. And so, as we practice the gifts together, it has to be with this bullseye, this heart-shaped bullseye in mind. I want everything I say to come through the lens of the love of God. Everything coming through the heart-shaped lens. Follow the uh, eagerly desired spiritual gifts, follow the better way, the way of love. But this dartboard isn't just the dartboard of commitment to gifts. It's also a commitment to one another. The gifts are a part of being a community together. We don't prophesy at a distance and just lob truth over there at someone and not get involved in someone's life and allow them to open up their life to us and us to them. He's not here this morning, but Gideon Towers came out with a real cracker. He said to me once, prophecy is not a one-way street. You've got to have a context where you're giving and receiving from one another. And in terms of relationships, I don't know whether you would see yourself on the double, the treble, the 25 or the bullseye. But in terms of gifts being used amongst us as a church the more of us that can get towards the bullseye or this treble ring here the better because we begin to start to recognize and see one another as more than just simply someone who's carrying a gift we begin to start to see people who they are how they're wonderfully made we begin to start to interact with one another and we begin to develop what is called a mutual community a mutual community of accountability with one another I'm very suspicious of people who drift in a church or drift into my life and are out here, but they expect to be able to speak right into the center of the church or right into the center of my life, but they still stay out on the double edge, on the double on the board. I don't, t- I don't dismiss words that people give me if they're on the, on the edge, but I take them far more seriously when they're actually in here. The dark board of commitment. Commitment to God, commitment to gifts, commitment to the church, to one another. Again, I could say a lot more, but haven't got time. The third one. Now, I need to complete this. I showed you this last week or two weeks ago. I've, I've actually brought the same jacket. Now, there we are. What is wrong with that picture? Let me put it DIY. Now, let me, let me, now let me, now let me. I'm, I'm in the church. I'm, I'm in the bullseye. And David and Seela, I'm going to come to your house with this because I want to do some DIY in your house. Now, do you need the gift of discernment to recognise whether or not I can do this? Knowing me as you do, you would just say, "On your bike." I, I can't. I, I'm hopeless at DIY. The reason why we need to be in community is because it's up to the people in the community that we're serving to recognize the gifting in our lives. We don't just turn up and say, I'm a prophet. People will begin to recognize and discern whether you've got that or not because we're part of a community together. That's why it's important to be in the bullseye. Now, if I came to you now and said, John, tomorrow, can I come and do some scaffolding with my stuff? Would you would you take me on? You're going to say no. If I, I, I'm I'm in. You take you train anyone. That's friendship for you. Take note. And um, anyway, next we need we need to be able to speak to one another in love. Yet you've got a lovely. We need to be positive about this. If someone's not gifted in a particular area, don't say, "Oh, you're not gifted in that area." without saying what they are gifted in. You know, you may not necessarily have a gift of prophecy, but you've got a fantastic gift of hospitality. I think the people who do serving coffees and teas, it's a great opportunity for gifts of hospitality, for people to do that. Some people, when they serve a cup of tea, it's as though you've met God, because they do it with such joy and laughter and life. There are others, not in this church, (laughs) where they serve you, and you think, I'm not sure I want to drink that. I'm not even sure what's in it. (laughs) Don't trust a smiling DIY cowboy. Those of you who know me really well will know when I'm smiling like that, there's something not quite right. (laughs) Because I I do smile, but... uh, Anyway, get, get my face off. I'm sick of seeing myself there. Next slide. Now, I wondered... By the time I finish saying this thing, if some of you children could come and just do these jigsaws for me up the front. If you could, I'll leave them here. Just a few of you, just do this. They, they shouldn't take too long. One or two, if you want to come out and do this, put them together. The reason I put a jigsaw piece is up there, one missing. This is particularly with, with prophecy. We speak and prophesy in part... A little bit like looking through a window that's a bit misty. We can see some things, but we don't always see the whole picture. So when someone gives a prophecy, it's great, and it can really encourage, and it might be a really important part of the jigsaw. So when David spoke that prophecy over Fiona, the poison in your body is going to leave. That was a tremendous... I think that might have been a word of knowledge, but... It was prophetic... And the Lord has fulfilled that, but he fulfilled it with two or three other things, not least of which is a current tablet that Fiona's taking. We believe prayer and pills, God's not in competition with medicine. Prayer and pills aren't in competition with each other. He created pills, he created everything. And when we get prophecy, what we're asking God to do is, can you add a bit more of the jigsaw until we get the complete picture? Can you give us a little bit more so that we, have you, have you done Oh, they've done them. Brilliant. Wow, that tells me to shut up. They've done it. Here we go. I, I got th- jigsaw with three pieces in case I had to do it. <laughs> You're not going to make a thousand pieces of people who think, shut up and go home. Three pieces. So you, you might get someone prophesy and it's, oh, that sounds really good. Some of the stuff you heard today, well, that sounds really good, but it's not the complete picture. Well, ask God to speak it again, something else. And you think, oh, yeah, that's even bigger. that's even more clear. But it's still not quite complete. Ask again. Ah, that's now complete. It's what the Bible calls two or three witnesses. When you get a prophecy, don't, don't, don't make a major decision in life on prophecy. Please, never do that. If you get a prophecy, ask God to give you another one and then another one on the same thing. Get two or three. And then make sure you get those prophecies earthed into the Scriptures and God's giving you a very clear calling from the Scriptures because the Scriptures trump prophecy. Some of you may not agree with that, but I think the word trumps prophecy. I think prophecy is great, and I love it because the Bible encourages us to go for it, but it's not a substitute. It's not a substitute. And then finally... I think we've got one more. Have we got one more here? Or is that it? That's it. That's it, folks. I would have given you a little bit longer, but uh, I don't think you need to hear me anymore. We've had enough this morning. It's been very encouraging. I'd like to close in prayer.